What's poppin'? It's your man DJ Steph Floss here, and we are back with friends of the program. And this looks a little different because before you've only been able to hear my voice and hear my friends' voices. But guess what? We are live and direct. We got the video going right now. You can see us. I am DJ Steph Floss. You can see I'm a little, little rugged over here. I'm usually cleaner, but you know it's a pandemic. My brother DJ Franzen, aka Frandelay Bay, aka the man of the West Coast. What's poppin', brother? Floss, what's good, my brother? I'm good, man. I see you over there uh, on your uh, on your pharmaceutical right now, getting your, getting your mind together and all of that. You know, you know, for me, it's what is it, 12:41 out here? I just woke up an hour ago. You know, it's Vegas time. That's that Vegas life. You know, I love it. Yo, speaking of Vegas, so look, we're gonna get right into this, man. So you know, friends of the program, this is basically me and my friends. You know, what I'm saying, just kicking the one, two, us getting, the, uh, letting the world know how cool my actual friends are, you know, and delving into their lives. And especially during this time, I get to delve into their lives because a lot of people, you know, we haven't been able to keep a communication with every day because of everything that's going on. So this is my way to actually sit down and talk to my real life friends. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, say catch up, catch up with some things. So once for, for once, I want to, uh, well, first of all, I want to thank you for uh, doing this with me, my brother. I know this is a long time coming. I've been saying we're going to do it, but we're finally here. So I appreciate you, brother. Thanks for having me, stuff. You know how we do, man. No, so first off, my brother, Fran Delay Bay, DJ Franzen, um, Bay Area representer um, out there in Las Vegas doing your thing. So before we get into all of that, I got a thing, quick five. I like to go through a five questions very, very fast. I don't want you to think too much about them. Just answer them when I ask you. And then, you know what I'm saying, we're going to get into this, you know, this thing with uh, you and I. So first question, being from the Bay, if you had to choose. Steph or Clay? Oh, man. Steph. <laughs> and you know, we have a funny Clay story, but we'll get oh, to the hell. We'll get into that. <laughs> we got an amazing Clay story, especially since after what just happened again last week. But uh, that's an yeah, amazing. But, you know, you you know, know what? You, you know what? You, tell the story. You guys won a championship that year, so. <laughs> tell, tell the story real quick. Um, so basically I'm at Dre's nightclub. Steph, uh, Steph Floss is in Vegas. She's like, yo, I want to come through. I was like, you know. Any of my friends, when they come to Vegas, they know they're always welcome and I'm going to take care of them. You know, that's one of my things. When my when when my real friends come to Vegas, that hospitality, I got to show them that love, you know? So Steph gets there um, and, you know, we have a little section right behind the DJ booth and I told the security, you know, let my guy up, let my guy up. So Steph, you're basically, we're early in the club. Right. You know, I had a couple, couple girls there and whatnot, but, you know, it's so early in the club, we're just hanging out. Next thing you know, here comes Clay Thompson walking in. <laughs> and this is, by the way, the year the year is 2016. This is 2016, so summer 2016. I'm on, I'm on stage DJ, right? I'm at Dre's, I'm on stage DJ. And I look back and the security's like, and Gino telling me, my brother Gino telling me, yo, Clay's right here. I'm like, good, bring him up here, you know what I'm saying? But the funny thing is, he came to our section and this fucking guy sits directly next to Steph Boss. Like, like right here. <laughs> Yo, and I'm not even looking back because I'm DJing, right? Yo, and when I look back, I see I see Steph and Clay sitting right next to each other. And I look at Steph, I'm like, Yo! <laughs> Yo, if he only knew. Yo, and it was this was literally probably like week. Like, we were in Vegas because we were celebrating the championship. Exactly. This and was he, like weeks, like a week or so right after the championship. Yo, that was crazy, bro. 
No, um, that, that's what's amazing. So you it, can, it was a good time, though. You know, it was a good time. Great, great time. Those guys got another one, so he's all right. He'll be all right. So you yeah. you got Steph yeah, on that one. That's my homie, man. But, you know, um, I know Steph. Steph actually came to one of my sweet parties when he played in the summer league when he was 20 years old, uh, when I had a sweet party at the Palms. And he never forgets that. I always bring that up to him. Yo, I'm going to bring up – at some point today – I have planned on bringing up the sweet party. So we're going to get to the sweet parties. We're going to get to the sweet parties in a minute. So biggest song, bigger, what's the biggest song in Bay Area history? In Bay Area history? Wow. That's, I mean, you have your 90s, of course, but I mean, overall, I would, I would have to say Blow the Whistle by Too Short, right? Because that's a song that came out with that. Almost, eight, almost 18 years ago. And wow. here we are in 2020 and you play it. And the reaction, even when I play it on Twitch, people still love the song. They go crazy. You know what I mean? And Little John at that time, he was just, everything you heard was Little John in 2003, 2004, around that era. So I would have to say that's probably like, you know, the most well-known Bay Area song of all time. I mean, you have your Tell Me Where to Go by E-40, Feeling Myself, or Mac Dre and the Loonies. I got five on it, but that blow the whistle just hits a little different. Yeah, and especially it's been mad people like Sweetie, you know, um, Using a sample nowadays, you know, giving it that resurgence. So, all right, so we got blow the whistle. Let's not let's not forget. Let's not forget Hove. Hove. Oh, oh yeah, that little freestyle for Bron. All right, what was that? Deshaun Stevenson back. At, uh, oh, I'm still trying to yo. No one ever answers me this. Who was the DJ? Because the DJ was from DC. Whoever it was that had to play that record in a DC club, dissing the uh, the Washington Wizards and Deshaun. The DJ never. I always ask on Twitter, yo, what DJ? Was that that did that? Because I don't even know. Nobody ever says that, but that was a that was another amazing time. All right, so speaking yeah, of Bay Area songs, question, that's a really good question. <laughs> if you, if you had if you had to recite one Bay Area song lyric for lyric without messing up, what would it be? Like you you it doesn't matter how inebriated you are or whatever. You know this song lyric for lyric as soon as it drops without right. messing up. There's a lot of those. I mean, I know a lot of classic E40s, a lot of classic Two Shorts. I'll probably have to say I'm a player by Too Short. Or even That's my joint. I got five on it by the Loonies because I played, I was the first DJ to ever play that in the whole world in the club on the radio. What? So, yeah, yeah. For, I, I was there when they recorded that song. So, like, I literally got that song. Like, they gave it to me on dat, on a dat tape, and I played it that same night on the radio. And I'll never forget. That was in 1995. I was 18 years old on the radio at that time breaking records such as I Got Five on it and, you know, Juicy by Biggie and all, all that shit that came out in the 90s. Like, you know, I was a teenager breaking these records. Now, speaking of Biggie, we're going to get into your relationship with Biggie as well um, a little later, but um, you have these amazing relationships with artists, um, especially Jay-Z and Biggie, you know what I'm saying, two of our, uh, two of the ghosts, the greatest of all time, legends. Um, Actually, that, that, that's my one-two right there. Biggie's yeah. my favorite and, and Jay is... You know, although Jay has way more music than Biggie, and of course I know way more Jay-Z songs than right. songs because of, you know, the material he put out over the years, but Biggie just had that, he had, to me, he had that voice, that flow, that cadence, the storytelling. I just, I was just a fan, you know what I mean? And and it was special, man, special, like, for real. Like, if you li really listen to his, 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 his raps, like, you know, ready to die in life after death, like, Man, unbelievable. So I'm gonna put you I'm gonna put you in a, a tough predicament right now. You okay. gotta choose one, but not overall. You gotta choose one. 
on Brooklyn's Finest, who had the best verses? Jay, you're big. I think, you know what? I think, I think Biggie's, her, Biggie's verse hit a little different because of... Because of the Pac? Because, yeah, because of, of the mention of Tupac. And not just because of that, too. Remember, Jay had a song on that album called 22 Twos. Right. Right? And so when I heard that reference to Tupac, and then I heard 22 Twos, twos. I was like, oh, oh. shit. They got to be talking about Tupac. <laughs> right, 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 right. First, I was like, because he said two, get it, two, Pac. I was like, oh, I talk about Tupac. But then hearing 22 Twos definitely gave me that confirmation. You know? So you're going with Biggie. So you're choosing Biggie. I'm going with Biggie, yeah. <laughs> I got you on that. So we we talked about your, uh, your your medicinal practices over there. Now, it's legal. Is it all the way legal? Because, you know, I don't really know what's going on with that. Is it all the way legal in 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 Vegas? In Nevada, yeah, in the whole state of Nevada, California, basically the whole West Coast now, Arizona, uh, Oregon, um, Washington, um, all recreational like so basically it's legal like you can walk you 21 and over you could you know walk into a dispensary and 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 buy your medicine buy your you're, medicine. you're a huge buy advocate you're yeah, huge. I, my mom loves going just to get cbd uh, uh cream you know what i mean like you know your joints hurt right like cbd shit really works it's a trip man. like i have some right now you know you know, I got bad, I got bad knees. So whenever my knees, right. and it's starting to get cold, right? You know, <laughs> come on, man, we sound like old men. You know, I mean, you're in Cleveland, <laughs> when that cold weather kicks in, you know, your joints start to lock up and shit. So CBD is a go-to and it helps relaxes the body too. I was going to ask you, why are you such an advocate when it comes to this? Because I see you preaching about it. I see you, you know what I'm saying, in the field with it all the time. And, you know, wanted to legalize it everywhere. I was going to ask you, um, but it sounds like you're telling me because it's, it's useful. Well, you know, it's helped me, you know, everybody has their own niche. You know, people like to drink coffee, you know, people like to drink beer every day, have a glass of wine every day, a couple glasses of wine, whatever it is, you know, people have a niche to help them get through the day and help them get motivated and maybe, you know, help them, help them, you know, get some ideas going. Right. And, and this is exactly why, you know, this is like, I've been smoking weed since, I can remember, like, I got a picture with Snoop that I was just looking at, you know, Snoop's birthday today. And what I, got is it? A, I got a picture with Snoop. I was like 16 or 17. And it was one of the first times I ever, like, actually got to smoke with Snoop. And I was just thinking about, damn, I really been smoking for 30 years now. Like, you know, and it's just something that I see people, like, it's brought a lot of people together. Right. Like, you know, like I've seen amazing friendships and amazing, you know, relationships because of weed and you know it's not for everybody granted <laughs> you right, know, right 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 people get paranoid people get sleepy it's not for everybody but you know i just believe that and anybody that that engages in it knows that this is a real medicine and it really right. helps people out you know what i mean now you mentioned the snoop it's his birthday you said since 16 years old so you're heavy like everybody knows franny west coast franny whether it's vegas whether it's the bay but give us your story, so because I don't really even know the whole thing. So you're yeah, born, you were born in. We've known each other for years, and I right. haven't really broke it down to you. So you been, you were born and raised in the Bay, and then moved to Vegas. So I was born, I was born in Guam. Okay. Guam, yeah, Guam is a, a, an island um, in the Pacific, in the Pacific Islands. You know, kind of like right by Samoa and, and Hawaii. Okay. 
Uh, Guam is a territory of the United States. Well, when I was like around nine months to a year old, they brought me to San Francisco because that's where my parents actually, you know, lived and worked. But we had property in Guam too. My, my family had property in Guam. So, you know, I was there at the time and I guess my parents were helping uh, run a bakery and we moved, uh, they moved me to, to the Bay Area when I was one and I've been there ever since. So, you know, I always had a love for music, but, um, you know, growing up in the 90s, we didn't have Spotify. <laughs> we didn't have Apple Music. Right, we had Nap Napster, maybe. <laughs> we didn't have, no, we didn't even have Napster. Before that. That. Um, we didn't have YouTube. You know, so you wanted to hear music, you either had to buy music or you had to listen to the radio. Right. Well, I was a fan of this radio station uh, in the Bay Area called KML. And I knew all the DJs, I knew all the records, you know, uh, hip hop, R&B, you know, anything, you know, from 87 to 88 on. Well, in 1990, uh, make a long story short, I got a break and I was 13 going on 14. And I met one of the DJs who I used to call every night and it was a trip meeting them. <laughs> well, you mean like call on the radio, make a request? Well, I, used stuff? To, I used to be a guest DJ every night. Like, <laughs> you know, like, Yo, what's up? This is DJ Friends and your guest DJ for tonight. Here's new boys to men. Ooh, ah. like, that's you know, live. That's not live. Even knowing, not even knowing what the fuck ooh ah was. Not right, even right. <laughs> but, you know, it was, it, I, was, I fell in love, you know, with music at a very young age. And I had turntables when I was 12. So I was like, ooh, if I get my foot in this radio station, you know, I might can, I might can you know, learn a couple things and actually, you know, make this into my career. You know, and so when I was 13, going on 14, I got my foot in that station, met the DJ. DJ actually asked me, you want to come back and help me out in the intern? That, from that point on, from that point on, it never stopped. You know right. what I mean? Once I stepped foot in that radio station and, 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 and I started seeing how everything worked out, I just soaked up all the games, started asking questions, and here I am, fucking 30 years later. So you and so the station was in the Bay. So how did what happened? How did you get to Vegas? Because a lot okay. of people know you as the king of Vegas right now. Okay, so I was at that station for 10, 11 years. Okay. Like I built my way up at that station. So I was an intern, intern for two years for free. Um, by the time I was 15, though, I got my first mix played. I remember recording on a reel-to-reel machine. Wow. And I actually still have that reel-to-reel tape at my house. Crazy shit. I have the list and everything. Um, 15. By the time I was 16, I was on the air already. I had a radio show every night. It was an up all night show, but it was called the up all night show. I didn't go on until 10 at night, but I was on every night, Steph, Monday through Friday. Did everybody know how young you were? Oh, everybody knew. I had drops. I had That's drops. Live. That's live. Hey, hey, little kid, what are you doing on the radio? Aren't you supposed <laughs> to be And it's true, though, because, you know, a lot of people don't know that I actually left high school like when I was junior and started taking independent studies because shit got started getting serious, you know, you know, by that time I'm on the radio every night, I'm breaking records. You got to understand 1992, like men condition, you know, right. Jody's, you know, you know, the boys to men, like all that shit was, you know, just popping off, you know, hip hop records, you know, Illinois scratch, camp load, Lucini. Wow. You know, you know, records like that. And you're playing, and you're playing those. Oh yeah, this is before Pac and Biggie. You know, right. nice, smooth, gangstar. Okay. 
you know, right. stuff like that. Um, 1993, Souls of Mischief. Mischief. Like, come on. Classic. Um, so that led into that. I was on, make a long story short, I was on radio six days a week for, for as long as I was at KNEO. 16 years old, I love it. 16 from the time I was 16 to 24, 25. I was on the radio six days a week. So anybody that lived in the Bay in the 90s, from 90, so I was on that station from 1990 to 2000. So anybody that was in the Bay during, during those times, just imagine how much good music came out in 1990 to 2000. Right. I played all those records when they were brand new stuff. The Juicy by Biggie, the Hit Em Up by Tupac. Like all these records, Pretty Brown Eyes by Mint Condition. Like <laughs> all these fucking records I'm playing when they're brand new, not knowing that 30 years later, here I am on Twitch. Right. Still playing these records. They want people them. People are still reacting to these records like they're brand new, bro. That's you crazy. I mean? That's timeless so, music. That, that lets you know the difference between, you know what I'm saying, timeless music and music that's just here today and gone tomorrow. That's you know it. That's it. Like, you know, granted, we can have fun with a walk it out or stanky leg, but right. when, you, when you hear, you know, when you hear a Jodeci come and talk to me remix, it hits a little Fire. different. When you hear Key Sweat make it last forever, it just hits a little different. Right, right. Even the early 2000s stuff, when you hear, you know, Usher, Confessions, it just right. hits a little different. You know what I mean? So that was going on. Um, 2001, the radio station got taken over by our competing, our competing station because we were all owned by the same company now, okay. which was Evergreen Media, Chancellor Media, which turned into iHeart, okay. right? So they didn't want to renew my contract. They didn't want to give me the money I was worth. And I was worth a lot. You got to understand. Steph, you're now, in radio. It sounds, it sounds like it, my brother. It sounds like hey, it. Listen, you're in radio. You know what this right. is. Till this day, I have the highest rating in Bay Area history on the radio. I had a 32 share, bro. Wow. You know, Come on. You know, a 32? Now, a 32 share. That's what I heard of. Now, you know, nowadays, stations are getting six share, four share. 32? Thirty because I so I, my 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 initial my initial shift was six to ten at night for so you got a little bit of the, the the drive you got a after the after work drive exactly and then into the and then know, into the night and the night part six to ten imagine me on the radio six to ten for five six years bro yeah and then to top it off the reason why everybody knows my face from the Bay Area is because I was on TV for six years as well out there. Hold on, wait. Doing what? You were acting. You were doing a little acting out there. I was. I was on. We had a. We had a local video show called CMC. So it was one of those local public access video shows where you right. didn't need cable, right? Right, right. It's like you the know, box. We had some here called the box. Uh, we had the box too. Oh, the the box. Box. oh okay. Pay for the box. Right, you right. Pay for requests. You know, twenty-five cents to request a song. <laughs> well, CMC was your local, and here's where we killed it at. You know, the Bay Area. You know about Bay Area culture. For so sure. it was different because we played E40 videos. We played Mac Dre videos. We played Tony, Tony, Tony videos. You know, we played all the local videos as well as the Jodeci's and, the, you know, the Biggie's and the Tupac's. We played all that. And listen, I don't even talk about this, but I have Billboard Awards from this stuff. Our ratings. From the show. Ratings, Billboard Awards. Yeah, like. Billboard Awards, we came to Vegas and picked up our 
are trophies. Like, you know, 96, 97, 98. Like, we have awards. And you know about ratings, once again. Back in those days, we used to crush BET and MTV during those hours. That's like, I, I have paperwork on this. We used to crush BET and MTV and the box in ratings because <laughs> we were Bay Area-based. You know, people felt felt uncomfortable because we played Bay Area music, Bay Area videos, and we were accessible because we were on the radio. So they'd be like, oh, we seen you on TV today. So imagine so I'm, on TV, I'm on TV you. five days a week and six nights a week on the radio. So that's why the they couldn't, Bay get, rid of you. Like, they couldn't get away from you, brother. Man, you got to understand from the time I was 14 to the time I was 25. So I grew up. Right. That was my high school. Right. Because I actually dropped out of high school. And people don't notice. Larry Jackson, whom is one of the creators of Apple Music, was my intern when he was 12 years old, bro. Wow. He'll tell you that. He's got interviews where he was an intern at the radio station or at the uh, TV station? No, no, at KML. Oh, KB, KML. Yeah, yeah he's at the radio station. Like, Larry Jackson's legendary. Like, Larry Jackson was like a younger version of me calling the station, yo, can I be a guest DJ? Right. Yo, can I come up to the radio station? You know, his drive was impeccable. And look at him now. Like, no, that's crazy. So I've, I've, met, I've, I've met Larry once or twice before, but I know that's Khaled's man. Like, oh, man, that's, that's Khaled's guy. That's who gave Khaled his apple beer. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, that's Khaled's guy. So, that's, so how did you get to Vegas? That would be my man too. <laughs> no, that's regardless, but you know. So you tell know, me how you got to Vegas, because I need to know that. Once they didn't want to renew my contract and give me the money I was worth, you know, I, I really didn't have work for like. Well, I mean, I actually I did have work because Snoop Dogg. Here we go again, mentioning Snoop on his birthday. Snoop had Snoop Dogg Radio, which was a, a simulated radio show. It was on plenty stations, twenty five to thirty stations. I was I was his co-host uh, for actually nine months. Wow! So I used to fly out to LA every weekend, stay at Snoop's house. He had a room for me. <laughs> we record shows, smoke weed, and it's funny because the type of music he was playing on Snoop Dogg Radio, Stylistics, Gap Band, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Of course, with a little Snoop, Tupac, and you know all the recent stuff. But a lot of his a lot of his vibes. Or you know my type of vibes. Kind of what you do on Twitch now. Exactly. So I was like, wow, this is amazing. This is perfect, right? And uh, you know that worked out for like nine months. I'll never forget. Like he used to pay me out of his pocket. He used to have his wife Shantae write me checks. Wow. You know, here take care of Franny. You know, so he could pay some bills. And uh, that happened. So in July, I got a phone call that this radio station, a hip hop, the very first hip hop R&B commercial radio station in Vegas, was opening up. So, make a long story short, I came out here in July, had a meeting, and the next month, I moved to Vegas. And but that was 2000 and... 2001. 2001. August 17, 2001. So, I just celebrated so you, 19 years. I'm about to say, you just celebrated 19 years. Happy anniversary, my brother. Yeah, man. I've seen a lot of shit in the city, bro. I've been through a lot. Like, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I've been banned from the strip because they didn't want hip-hop music. And people want to know where I came up with the term no EDM. That no EDM term actually came from uh, a general manager of one of these clubs back in the days that actually wanted to hire me um, to become a resident DJ, but he wanted me to play EDM. And I told him, I, I don't have EDM in my laptop. 
I was gonna ask you. I was gonna ask you what's your what's your beef with EDM because I think I've. I mean, it's not a beef. I understand it. I'm just, you know joking when I say beef, but I think I feel the same way as you. But you were more engulfed in it being that you were in Vegas. So my thing is, it's just like being a DJ, and you know we know music. You know we know music. We're DJs, regardless of the genre of music. We know music. But right. um, I just remember you know, first few times going out to Vegas or even, you know, certain spots in Miami, it's just like, yo, where's the hip hop? Like, are y'all serious? Like, it's, it's, and then you get, and then we get to a point where, you know, different clubs and in, in whatever cities are open up and they're like the new, they're like the new main clubs. And then they want you the DJ there, but then they ask you, yo, can you not play, can you pl not play so much of this kind of music and play? Like, I'm like, yo, yo. Here's my thing. I'm stubborn, right? If I hear any promoter, any manager of a club, anybody that's trying to hire me in, in, in odds to like saying, oh, you can't play this, right off the rip, I'm going to be like, you know, find yourself another DJ. Because, because you're booking me for me. Because, because the way I look at it, I've been in this game for a long time and I've paid my dues and I've rocked plenty of crowds all over the world and I know what I'm doing. Right. So, you know what I mean? I can't have anybody tell me, oh, you can't play this or you can't play that. You know what I mean? So when I hear that, that already that, that already turns me off. And that like to me, it's not even about the money. Right. It's right. more about the love for what you do and, you know, what you have to share with the people. Because as a DJ, we all have different styles and we all have different um, styles to offer to people, right. you know, and you know that. Right. Um, so therefore, if somebody tells me that, like, you know, like we go to EFS in Toronto, Steve's never told us, oh, you can't play this. Right. Or Don't play that. You know that. And those are the type of club owners and club promoters that I like dealing with. That's right. just going to trust the DJ that they hire, you know, to, to, to go ahead and rock the crowd like they do. No, it's no, it's no point in micromanage. I hate when people try to micromanage a DJ. It's like you're booking, you're booking the DJ for a reason. So you're booking Franny. For a reason, you, if you if you want him to play a certain kind of music, you could play a playlist. Right. So going back to what you said, what's my beef? There's no beef. Uh, I just can't vibe with it. You know. <laughs> and here's the thing: I don't want people to get EDM confused with Chicago, Detroit, right. you know, New York City house music, house music, you right? Soulful house music, right? Because that's not EDM music. Don't ever get that confused because that's that's real music right there. Right. To me. Now, when it's just you know, when it's just um, a crazy ass beat with no melody and no lyrics. Like, like <laughs> you can't, okay. I, I, I've been in the club before. for four hours. For four hours, I've been in the club where no, they've done it no. for two three hours I straight. Care. I don't care if Diplo or Tiesto <laughs> DJ, bro. Like, respect to them. I respect them to the utmost. But, bro, if they start going to that set, you gotta leave. I have to walk out. You know what I'm saying? Because I can't, you got to understand, Steph, I can't smoke in the clubs in Vegas. I have nothing to calm my nerves. All right, right, right. I can't smoke in the, and I'm not going to disrespect people know who I am in Vegas. Right, so right. If I spark some up, people, oh yeah, that's Franny smoking. Right. I can't do that. I, you know, I, I, I won't, I won't do that. I won't disrespect the club like that. So therefore, I'll just walk out and excuse myself. No disrespect. No disrespect. But just, no, but like right now, Franny, my brother, you're synonymous with nightlife in vegas uh and everybody knows the no edm and uh i love it and uh, first time i saw it i was like yo i know exactly i know it's not a beef i'm like i know exactly where it's coming from and i feel the same way now you being synonymous with 
nightlife at uh Vegas. I told you any, I mean, and you know, anytime anybody I know is going to Vegas, they hit me up. They're like, yo, Steph, do you know anybody out of Vegas? I'm like, Franny, I hit you up immediately. I go, Franny, my people coming there. They'll be there on Sunday. Yeah. I know like the coach. Yeah, yeah, coach. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, the funny thing is, dude, he came with LeBron the next time, right? Yeah, 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 yeah he did, yeah. yeah. Crazy. Shout yeah. out to my man, Shell. Shout out to LeBron. LeBron loves Dre's, man. Yeah. He loves Dre's. <laughs> uh, it's a, I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a perfect spot. And then, of course, you're cur curating the music. You're creating a perfect vibe. So, uh, now, what was it March, like March 13th, March 20th or something like that? You know, the world, the pandemic hit and all of that. Now, with Vegas being, Vegas, I mean, arguably the club central of the world. I mean, you know, you have, you have, you know, you have cities overseas and things like that that go crazy, uh, Mykonos and things like that. But when people think in the United States, for real, for real, in the world, when they come to partying, it's Vegas and Miami. And basically Vegas because... Everything is centered around nightlife in Vegas. It's the nightlife, it's the gambling, it's shows. And everything, everything is open 24 hours, right? Yeah, so it's you like... Go, you could go to a strip club at 8, 9 o'clock in the morning out here. You could, you know, go to a sushi restaurant or get, you know, go to a steakhouse at 5 o'clock in the morning. It's nothing, right? Now, I remember when you posted, when you posted the uh, message, when you posted the news about clubs that shut down in Vegas. I remember not even believing. I'm looking like there's no way. So oh, yeah. what was what was that feeling like when you saw it and knew it was real? What and, and did you feel like it was gonna happen or you were like, nah, there's no way they can do well, this? To be honest with you, Steph, I thought it was only gonna last for a couple months. Right. I'm not even, you know, I'm not even joking with you. I thought it was gonna last for like, I thought it was gonna last till around July, you know, but but then I seen how everything was going. I seen how, you know, I started it's like a pattern, right? Right. When you start seeing some. You know how politicians are. You know how the media is. Like, I, I thought it was gonna be. I thought it was gonna be quick too. I was like, all right, by the end of the summer, we'll be back to rocking. But here we are. It's almost Thanksgiving. Crazy. <laughs> it's almost Halloween. Excuse me. And then yeah, I mean, but Thanksgiving's right around the corner. And then Christmas, and then 2021, right? So as far as Dre's goes, from what I'm hearing as of right now. We're not going to be open until the summertime. So that's a whole year. Right. That's a whole entire year. So what was that feeling when you first heard it? It was just like doubt, like, uh, I will be back. The thing is, here's the thing. I knew it was coming, right? I had a gig in San Francisco back home um, the week before the, the lockdown. And I was already telling Gina, I was like, bro, they're going to cancel their gig. I know they are. Right. You know, I know that I just get this. I have this feeling. I have this feeling over my body that they're gonna cancel and they're gonna start shutting shit down. He's like, all right, let me call him. So he called him, he's like, bro, it's still a go. And I'm over here like, so, nah, it's gonna happen. They're gonna call us the night before and they're gonna tell us we have to shut down. And what happened? That night happened. Before. So when that happened, I was already prepared for Dre's to tell me, all right, we have to shut down. Now, here's the funny thing. That same exact weekend, I'll never forget, it was, it was the week of uh, St. Patrick's Day. That same, that weekend, coming to that weekend, I told Gino, all right, so Frisco's closed now. Dre's ain't, we're, we're done for this weekend, bro. He's like, no, we're not. We're still promoting it. We're going to be open Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. <laughs> right? Yeah. I'm like, no, we're not. 
He's like, bro, I just talked to everybody at Dre's. We're good. Like, here we go again. I get this feeling. So I get another call. Okay, so there's no artist. You're going to be DJing Friday, Saturday, and Sunday by yourself. No artist. Cool. But I'm telling you right now, they're going to give us another phone call. This shit is going to be shut down. Right. The next day, Gino called me. Bro, you were right. I'm like, bro, I told you about Frisco. I told you about Vegas. So I already knew it was coming, Steph, for right. real. So you were prepared. I knew it was coming, and I was prepared for it. Now, outside, outside of – I talked to a few DJs about this, and I know myself – I'm a, uh, I'll say I'm a pretty frugal guy and I'm a smart guy. So uh, when it comes to, you know, being in nightclubs and doing this and that all the time, um, it, for it to just immediately stop and our livelihood basically to stop, um, I tell people, man, I, I was blessed and I know a lot of other people that were blessed because we were prepared in a sense. Like, you know, had, had things in order or just had, you know, stuff tucked away or this and that. So... Were you, prepared, were you prepared in that sense from years of just being smart about your business and all of that? Most definitely, stuff. One thing about me, the only thing I really spend money on is music equipment and shoes. <laughs> right. I'll buy, I'll, I'll buy, man, listen, you know, I'll, buy, I'll buy a T-shirt from H&M. And not right. Easy, easy. I'll, I'll buy a T-shirt from Zara. I'll, I still wear pro clubs. Like, you know, and of course, granted, you know, being in an industry, we get shit sent to us all the time, which right. is a blessing in itself. And by the way, shout out to my brother Emery Jones, Vegas Jones, for always listening. Oh yeah, man, M M was popping. Yeah, but um, I don't really. I'm not stupid with my. Oh, I spend a lot of money on food too. Yeah, but as far as the material shit, you, you gotta know, live though. You gotta I, live. I know a lot. I know a lot of younger DJs. You know, I'm a little bit older. I'm in the OG status. But I see a lot of younger DJs always want to keep up with the swag, always want to, you know, have the newest shoe. Um, not the newest shoes, but the newest Balenciagas or Teppies. Yeah. One thing about when we collect shoes, you know this, you know this stuff. We could wear our off-whites, and guess what? We could sell those motherfuckers. <laughs> if it comes down to it. <laughs> if shit goes bad, we could sell those motherfuckers for what they're worth. Right, right, right. They don't go down in value. Guess what? Those red bottoms, you pay 1500 for those? Guess what? A motherfucker ain't even going to pay 500 for those. At all. At all. At all. You know what's crazy about you saying you only buy, like, DJ equipment, food, and stuff like that? I remember my guy, uh, shout out to DJ Drew in Columbus when I first started DJing. He told me one thing that sat with me for the rest of my life. He said, Steph, for Christmas, anytime your lady asks you what you want for Christmas, always tell her some DJ stuff. She said, he said, for the rest of your life, you're going to always need DJ stuff. So if she wants to buy you anything, if anybody wants to buy you anything for Christmas, tell them, I need some new records. I need some new needles. I need a new mixer. He said, for the rest of your life, if anybody asks you what they need from, uh, for Christmas, what you want for Christmas, DJ equipment. He's like, because you're a DJ. You're a DJ now. That's what it is. That's it. That's a great investment. And plus, you could use that equipment to actually, you know, you could utilize that equipment to, to create something to where you can have, you know, income. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's been crazy, man. And I, you know what I'm saying? Like, I love, I love what the, uh, my, my young California guys did out there. Amen. And what a few other, uh, what Envy did out of the West Coast where they got the funds together for yeah. the days um, during the pandemic. That's amazing. But it's, it's just, it's just crazy to see us go from a situation where this is what we're so used to every day, every night, and then for it to just be wiped out. And it's like, yo, I'm really like, 
you know, I'm, you know, I'm good right now, but I really losing out on this amount of money this weekend. Like those first few weekends, you're like, yo, I'm Listen, really like. People are like, you know, we miss Dre's. People are always asking, yo, when's Dre's opening? We miss Dre's. <laughs> I tell them, yeah, you miss Dre's. Well, I miss that Dre's direct deposit. <laughs> and listen, I tell people, y'all were partying. I was working. Listen, yeah. you were part. You were, you were part. And I understand everybody needs their getaway, but at the end of the day, it's like, I know you miss it, but like, I, I really, I really miss it. <laughs> well, once again, you know, I was, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm smart with the funds, and you know, I'm glad that I was prepared for something like this. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, shout out to D Nice, by the way, because oh yeah, shout know, out to D Nice. I've been I've been streaming for years, but D Nice was definitely the inspiration to start, you know, streaming and, and going hard again because, you know, we didn't have, you know, you're so used to playing in front of a crowd for many years. Right. I I started playing in front of a crowd when I was seventeen, like every weekend stuff. Every we talking about every weekend, bro. I'm 44 now, bro. That's the normal. It becomes it becomes your life. Every single weekend, I was in. You know, I was playing music for a crowd, and for this to all of a sudden, 27 years of that to just stop. It's crazy. To just stop. You know, there's not a lot of rappers out there that could that could say they performed every single weekend for 27 years. Right. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Seriously. You got you got one that you got one that you keep mentioning Snoop, but other than that, Snoop, Snoop, you know, Hope is almost there, right? You know, you know, um, but I was so used to doing that, and I was like, man, I'm getting back to the streaming thing. So started doing the IG live, kept getting cut off. Oh yeah. Now look, now I said you're the I, I said you're the king of. You're the king of uh, Vegas. Now you're the king of Twitch. We're still going to have this Twitch conversation. I still need to know some more outs and ends. But, man, I love what, my brother, I love what you're doing on Twitch. And I see what you're doing on Twitch as far as, like, the, I see the community. And I love the community aspect. Yo, it's crazy it's stuff. So different. It's so different than the comments on IG Live and all of that. Those comments are, it's just, it feels different. It, it feels like a real family. Like, like you said, a family. Yeah. It's, um, you know, and then you got the emotes going, um, you know, you got people from all over the world and Twitch is still fairly new stuff, you know, um, oh, I'm, 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 I'm trying to get a lot of my East coast DJs to, to get on it and, uh, they still want to do IG live. You know, you can only, you can only tell them the grown man so much. No, you know, you know what my thing is though with it. And I, this is what I have to, I think, I think what a lot of people and a lot of other DJs, um, I switched up my mic real quick. You can still hear me? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I think I think what the issue is, and what what I um, what I think um, other people may um, what other people may um, find an issue is that they're just so used to they're so used to IG live, so they're used to their following, they're used to their following, and having to basically start over. Because I get on there and I'm just like, yo, how can I get my followers up? How can I get more followers? What do I need to do? And I think yeah. some people may get discouraged, but what, how did you do it? And what do you suggest for other DJs that's going to have to come to this realm? Because it's going to have to happen. Well, first and foremost, you have to really like, you know, see, 
to see what communities are, are really like engaging with each other. You know, because you have people that's never met that are now keeping in contact with each other every day from people from Canada keeping in contact with somebody from Japan. Like, you know what I mean? You got all, like, my Discord is crazy. I look at all these people and people from everywhere, like places I've never even heard of. Right. And, you know, to see that is amazing. But my, my thing is, I, I work for this shit. Like, right. I was on IG Live and Twitch simultaneously, and I kept telling I kept telling everybody on IG, we're going to make the switch to Twitch soon. So I put a little hype on it. So I guess right. that helped. You know, I was on IG Live for at least two weeks saying, damn, we keep getting cut off. I'm going to make the switch to Twitch. Right. I, made the, I made that Twitch account and didn't even use it until like three weeks later. You know what I mean? Right. So when I finally made that switch. I went on simultaneously and everybody that went on IG Live, I just... Yo, get a Twitch account. You know, some people were hardheaded and didn't want to do it because they looked at the they looked at the app and they're like, man, this shit is too difficult. Right. It's, it's like they think they're thinking gamers, they're thinking gaming and all of that. I tell them, I say, listen, man, it's all about adapting and adaptation, especially everything we had to go from outside the clubs to IG Live. And that's and, what it is, right? Like and now we gotta go to Twitch. And you gotta understand stuff, people I think. Some people out there forget that YouTube is one of the best universities in the world. Oh, it like, is. You can, and, and people, Google, people look at you. Realize that. Listen, you know? I, I I have to build something from IKEA or something like that. If I can't find the instructions, I YouTube IKEA. I had to open up. I had to take a SIM card out of an iPhone one time. I said, mm -hmm. I can't. I can't find this thing. Let me YouTube it. The best, like I said, the best university. You want to learn how to cook something? YouTube. You want to learn how to make a drink? YouTube, you know, you want to, maybe you want to go on vacation, right? For instance, you want to go on vacation. And, oh, you heard about this resort? Oh, yeah? Okay, let's see what it's talking about. Because people can only tell you so much. Right. Now, when you see the actual footage, you go on YouTube and you're, oh, man, this resort is dope. Like, yo, it's beautiful. Other people, you see other people talking about it, you're like, oh, man. You know, YouTube is, 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 is amazing, man, for real. No, but I, I, I commend your ability to man uh switch over to that to that yeah. platform very very smoothly brother like watching you dj on there and i say watching you because people don't understand when you are when you're on twitch it's really like being a part of it's not just watching somebody djing it's because no. you could do that just like we said on youtube it's a, it's about engaging with the audience and the audience engaging with you and it becomes a thing at first i like when I would see like uh well Bella, Bella, and I believe you've done it before. You guys have been on Twitch for like 10, 12 hours. And I'm like, yo, yeah. how? Like, how can you do this? And then I got on and I said, yo, I see how because we love music, and then we're really just interacting with the people in the and chat. Time, and time flies when you're conversing, when you're conversing with your community, um, time flies. You know, you can like for instance, on Throwback Thursday, I always ask, you know, I always ask my my community, "What y'all picking? Fresh Prince of Bel Air or Martin?" You know, yo, I what? Love both shows. Speaking, I love, speaking of I love, that, what do you choose? Like, who, like who you picking? Like me, stuff. I, like I love both. You know, you know, Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince were some of my inspirations coming right. up. But I love Martin. I'm picking Martin. Yo, so so look, I've always picked Martin. Always, but during, Martin. look, look. Oh. During the pandemic, I'm still picking Martin, but during the pandemic, 
I'll be catching Fresh Prince shows and I'll be like, yo, this show was really, really fire. Like, it it's, it's, it's close. It it's, yeah. You know? It was before, before I would be like, oh, I'm picking, I'm picking Martin by a million. But now I'm like, yo, no. Like, I see well, I how... I see how people would pick Fresh Prince because this is like, you know, Will Smith have Shanae, he didn't have Roscoe, he didn't have all these different characters. You know what I mean? And I think that's what because I grew up and coming to America was one of my favorites. So when I seen Eddie Murphy do all these different characters and I seen Martin do the same shit, I was like, wow, this is this is a genius right here. You know? So that's what I think. That's what I think made me favor Martin over Fresh Prince. You know, here's another one. Menace to Society of Boys in the Hood. Yo, I can't hear you. Yo, I can't hear you. You good? Let me know. I'll know when I hear you. You can still hear me? Okay. Bro, this is the longest lasting backward in the world. Can you hear me? Yeah, there you go. There you go. So look, look, look. My fault for everybody, Mike. You know, we're we're getting yeah. this together. But um, Minister Society of Boys and Hood, I would say sometimes I say it depends on the day, but honestly, I'm probably always gonna choose Minister Society, man. Really? Okay, see, I'm, a, I'm more of a boys, I'm more of a boys than <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But but why? Give me one reason why. I think just the storyline. And, you know, um, Lawrence Fishburne hit a very, very, like, when I was younger, I didn't know what he was talking about, you know, the gentrification, and right. how to take this, you know, community that was, you know, that used to be filled with African-Americans, and they kicked everybody out because they wanted to gentrify the whole thing. He was like, bro, that's 1991. I was. Okay? Here we are in 2020 and i i like when i heard that when i finally realized that that was like early 2000s i was like oh shit that's what he was talking about he's talking about how right, gentrification the right. government is you know clearing shit out so they can make you know newer style whatever it is they want to make and, and 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 move you know people with money in so you know you know what's crazy about uh medicine society and boys in the hood as well if you watch those movies, they use the same burger spot that the dudes got smoked at in both movies. It's the same, legit, the same burger spot in both movies for both of the shootings. Both movies. I say I love it. I love, you know, I say you got to love it. I love Boys in the Hood, but I'm going to choose. I love Minister Society, yeah. man. Even though, even though Kane's acting wasn't the best, I still love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See? You see, you see what I mean? So imagine you guys talking, your whole community engaged in you guys talking about this. And some scenes you're forgetting about, and some of your, some of your viewers are actually typing in, oh, yeah, remember this scene when such and such got smacked up? Right. You know? Or this scene when, when, when Doughboy got the basketball taken away from him and he kicked it? You know, then just, you know, little stuff like that. You, like, right. People are really engaged in Twitch. It's not, and then you can act people. You right. Can people, and then you I can, just found that out, by the way, literally this week. I didn't know you could add them, the people that you didn't know like that. Just I could just add people in your comments. I was like, oh, somebody because, gave me a sub, and I said thank you, and I was like, oh, I can add them. Because what it is, it, it lights up. You see, you see your comment light up. Right. 
You know what I mean? So you know they're not, you know they're talking to you. So, so everybody, all my DJs that's watching this right now, come on over to Twitch, man. Come on yeah, over to Twitch. Twitch. We're still early on it though, you know what I mean? But damn, tonight is 167 nights in a row on Snoop's birthday, man. That's crazy. Now speaking of Snoop again, man, you have some amazing, amazing, amazing relationships. And I uh I mean you got amazing relationships, I know, because you're a great guy, man. You're an amazing person, a great friend of mine. But like you've been in the game for a minute. So for you to have a relationship with Jay-Z, well, for you to have a relationship with Drake, Jay-Z, and Biggie, like all these different eras is just like so wild to me. But you know, of course, you know, Drake's the brother. I've met Jay, been around Jay a few times, but I have never, like, I mean, I've just never met Big. I, 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 unfortunately, I wasn't, you know, around to meet Big. And that's one thing, I don't want to say regret, but I really wish I could have done um, in my time. And that was your guy, man. And there, I, I'm, I don't want to get the story confused, but there's a story that you, that you say about Big, like you, was it you gave him his last radio interview or? Well, I, I picked him up from the airport. Um, Sway gave him his last interview. Okay. Um, when Sway was on a radio station in the Bay Area, so Sway, Sway, you know, Sway from MTV, who's also on Sway in the Morning now on on Satellite Radio. He, like that's one of my mentors. Like I used to intern for Sway when I was 15 years old for the Wake Up Show. Oh wow! I remember, I remember Tupac. <laughs> I remember Tupac begging Sway to play his records. Dang, so Sway. Dang. Sway is somebody who's been, you know, in this game for a very, very long time. And you mentioned Biggie, Drake, and Jay-Z. Here's a crazy story about those three. My top three favorite hip-hop albums of all time, even though some people won't consider the third one a hip-hop album, which I do. Um, number one on the list. Actually, let's go with number three. Number three is Take Care by Drake. Take Care. So, I mean, it's a classic, by the way. A lot of people... When they, they get to talking classics, they say maybe it's a, no, it's a classic. That's a classic album. Mm -hmm. It's a classic album. A lot of people have said that's their favorite Drake album, and that's 2011. So Drake actually played me, you know, he recorded a motto at my studio. Yeah, So right. Drake played me, shot for me, crew love. Oh, is that, is that where the Franny, is that where the Franny bar come from? Yeah, at the Cribbo. So the Cribbo yeah. was the studio uh, that I used to have here in Vegas. And that's where he recorded that. He recorded Dice Pineapples, uh, the hook to Dice Pineapples to that. A lot of songs were recorded at Rack City by Tyga. Uh, a bunch of Justin Bieber ten, songs recorded there. Um, excuse me, 10-10-20. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was 10-20-20, though. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday, Stu. I'm trying to roll 20 blunts tonight for the show. Oh, that's man. Cool. I'm over here coughing and I ain't even smoking. I <laughs> no, I'm saying, so... Take Care of Number Three. Number Two, Blueprint by Jay-Z. Now, Jay, I went to Miami Memorial Day weekend in 2000, and Jay was out there. I was with, I was with Hip Hop. You know who Hip Hop is? Yeah, I know Hip Hop, yeah. Yeah. Hip -hop Big's brother, who's also, um, who also runs all of Kanye West's shit. You know right, yeah. He was doing, he was doing Nicki stuff for a minute too. Yep. Yep. So hip hop is acting like I said, he's Big's brother. He was an A&R to all the Jay-Z's album um, until the Black album. And uh, hip hop, I was with hip hop and we're smoking. He's like, yo, Jay's in town. He wants us to come, you know, come to the crib and listen to some songs. Not knowing that he was going to play me, you know, songs off the blueprint. Hold on, but backtrack. Before that, how did you even like, how did the relationship, 
how did that relationship even come to that where Jay's inviting you over? Because that's not the first time you're meeting Jay. No, no, no. So I've known Jay for a long time. I've known Jay. I met Jay in 96 before Reasonable Doubt came out. I actually did one of Jay-Z's first show in San Francisco oh, at nice. the Great American Music Hall. Um, where this is crazy shit, Steph. Check this out. So I met Jay in 96. Then the very next year, I meet Beyonce and Destiny's Child in the same building, bro. Wow. It's you. It's you. Yo, Beyonce, it was Beyonce, Jill Scott, and, and Jagged Edge. Remember, they were all on Columbia Records. Right, right. It was a showcase for them. I'll never forget that. Beyonce was like, I don't know, 16, 15? That's crazy. I, I forget. But anyways, yeah. Um, so I met Jay in 96. And I told him, bro, I'm a big fan. You mentioned Filipinos. You know, I'm Filipinos. So oh. I'm like, hey, <laughs> Filipinos, man, what's going on here? You guys got Filipinos in New York? He goes, man, I, you know, you know, I, I know my shit. So right, ever right. since then, that first time I met him, and remember, he signed two R&B guys from from Oakland. Don't uh, tell me Chris Jones is from Oakland. Yes, Chris. No Jones. way. I didn't know Chris Jones was from Oakland. What? Yes. Shout out my boy Alan Anthony, man. Those are my oh, guys. Right? Man. I didn't know Chris Jones was from Oakland. We smoke a lot of weed together, listen to music, man. But yeah, so he signed Chris Jones, and and I remember the next time I seen him, I was like, "Yo, you remember me?" He's like, "You look familiar." I'm like, "Yo, I'm friends, and I'm that DJ that did that first gig with you in Frisco." Um, you signed Chris Chan, I'm on KMEL Radio. He's like, oh shit. So ever since then, when I remind him, he never forgot me. That's been your man. I love that's and love. He never forgot me. You know what I'm saying? I remember he brought Bleak. He brought Bleak to the Bay like in 97 for an interview. And Jay was right there. He was like, yeah, that's my man right there. And I met Bleak for the first time. And I told Bleak, you smoke? He's like, yeah. I was like, roll up. He's like, where? I'm like, right here. We were in the studio at the radio. So I'm like, roll up right here. Let's go. <laughs> I even told him, go here and smoke that shit. Remember Ho said last week, remember, remember Ho said last week, bleak uh, puff puff paper up. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that relationship with Jay, man, has been, you know, and plus, it's not just the relationship with Jay, right? Right. It's also the relationship with his with his colleagues, with some of his best friends, with, you know, with, with uh, like, I was cool with Dane. I was cool with Dame's brother, Bobby Dash. All the yeah, rock. shout out to Bobby Dash, the legend. That was my guy, man. Guy right there, Bobby. Bobby Dash, Dash is a legend, brother. He's still on. He's he's on Instagram, man. He, he actually, <laughs> I went on Instagram live a couple times to talk some shit, and you know he checked in, man. That's my guy right there. Shout but out you to know Bobby everything Dash. from Rockefeller. You know all the artists. You know even the assistants. Like I, I became cool and created relationships with all of them, and you know I think and Jay seen. Damn, you know, he knows everybody from our from our crew. Right. Like and, and, and he respected that. You know what I mean? That's so, love. so they so he invites you over. Yeah, he invites me over. This is May. Right. Mind you, this is May, end of May. Um, and I'll never forget it's right before my birthday, because Memorial Day weekend is always right before my birthday. So he invites me over to this crib that he uh he rented for like I guess a whole month. Um and uh, I'll never forget, man. I got to the crib. He's like, You hungry? I got a chef, tell him whatever you want. So I went in the kitchen, I'll never forget, I told the chef, man, I want a lobster omelet. Yo, the chef made me a lobster omelet because I seen lobster tails on the table. Yeah, right. I, like, I want a lobster, yo, this motherfucker made me a lobster omelet, bro, and I had fresh squeezed orange juice. But to make a long story short, <laughs> make a long story short, um, 
you know, hip hop wants to smoke. So we start rolling up and I see Jay, like I walk outside in a little, um, little casita, little, little courtyard area and I walk outside, I'm checking up. I'm like, man, this is a nice little spot right by the water, right? Uh, pool, everything, tennis court, basketball court. And I hear this voice, yeah. <laughs> you know, Jay, <laughs> yeah. Yo, I look up and he's right up. So he's like, yo, you ready to hear some music? I'm like, come on, man, hurry up, come down. Cause he see me smoking. Right, right. Yo, so not knowing that this guy plays me song cry. Ah, uh, man. He plays me takeover. He plays me never change. Yo, when you heard takeover, what was your face like? Yo, actually, you know what? When I heard takeover, I don't even think takeover was all the way done. Oh, wow, wow. Uh, I heard Hola Jovito. I love it. Just remember. I love that. By the way, a lot of people don't like that song as much as I do. A lot of people don't like that song as much as I, I do. I know that song. I know that song I know that's all word for word, man. Uh, yeah, shout out to Timbo on the track. But so he played me that. This I said 2000. This 2001, excuse me. Right. So this is May. Remember that album comes out. Summer. In, uh, no, 9-11. Yeah, yeah, September. Yeah, September, yeah. When the September 11, yeah. Also, Fabulous's first album came out that same exact day. It's crazy. After so all all of that that was going on, I made sure I had both of those albums. No, I'll never forget that stuff. <laughs> Ooh, so. I was waiting for you to cough one time, man. I'm like, I'm like, man, that man, they go, hey, he ain't no, gonna be blowing for hours straight and not. <laughs> I gotta roll another one. Uh, and you know what, Steph? I'm gonna let you pick the flavor. Which one? Man, I don't know what. This bag or this bag? That white bag looks scary, brother. I don't know. It's early. <laughs> <laughs> this from the Bay Area. That's from LA. So I'm gonna roll. All right, go, go, go with the white oh. bag. So 9-11, right? And you gotta think, he plays me all this track, not and I'm and I'm finding out, damn, blueprint. Okay, it's coming out. Yo, they so Rockefeller sends me the album probably like I think two days, two days before on CD, two days wow. before it comes out. And I'll never forget, two days later, the towers came down. That's crazy. And I had just moved to Vegas stuff. So you got to understand. I'm oh, yeah, you just, yeah, you said 2001. Listen, I had just, so that same, yo, 2001 was a crazy-ass year for me, bro. So that album came out. The towers came down. I had just moved to Vegas August 17th. No more than four weeks later, the towers came down. Mind you, mind you, Steph, two weeks before that, Aliyah passed away. She did. Yo, yo, you know what's crazy about that? Yo, my that was, I, I remember, I was just telling somebody this story. I'm like, yo, we, we always talk about 9-11 with, with Fab and Hove, but I'm like, yo, I'm like, I tell people, I, I thought it was like a month, but I'm like, a month or so before that happened, I'm like, I remember being in a line, and this is, this is how you know it was around the time um, of Blueprint. I remember being in a line, going to a club to go see Lil Flip was performing. Remember, remember Lil Flip? I mean, you, of course. You yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Flip was so big in Cleveland, you would have thought he was from Cleveland, man. Pause. But um, I remember being in a, a line to go in a club to see Flip perform, and it was a promoter outside passing out CDs. You know, you could just burn two songs on a CD back day, boom, boom, yeah. pass them out. You know what I'm saying? Basically, it was like a maxi single, for real, for real. 
So yeah. it was a promoter from the city, from Cleveland, passing out CDs. And the only two songs he had, well, he was selling them, and I bought it. The only two songs he had on the CD was H to the Izzo and Lil Flip, I Can Do That. And I remember not hearing, I had never heard, I hadn't heard H to the Izzo yet. I wasn't DJing yet. So I'm like, I'm a huge Jay-Z fan. So this new hove, let me play, let me, let me get this. And I remember going in the club and the DJ, I think it was my guy DJ Fresh, who was DJing at the time. He played the H to the Izzo. I said, yo, I said, yo. So listen, my girl, she was living down in uh, Southern Ohio. Oh, by the uh, way, by the way, not to cut you off, Steph, but that's one of the songs he played for me too. So when I, Izzo, yeah, yeah. So when, I heard that, when I heard that sample, bro, I lost it. I yeah, lost so, it. I remember driving, I remember driving down to Southern Ohio, man, to see my girl, no lie, I only have one CD, and it had two songs on it. It was H to the Izzo and Lil Flip, I Could Do That. I listened to H to the Izzo and Lil Flip, I Could Do That, back to back for four hours, driving from Cleveland all the way down to Southern Ohio, man, it was, it was crazy. It was the craziest experience of my you life. You the lyrics of that shit. But, but. <laughs> But backtracking to what we, yeah, no, I did, I definitely did, because I listened to it coming back too. But backtrack what we were saying in that line, I remember getting the uh, the message that Aaliyah had just died, and I'm like, there's no way she just died. She died right before we went in the club that night, and I was just like, well, we got the message that she died before we went in the club that night, and I was like, no way she just died. But to to what you said, yeah, it was that same exact time because I remember that CD having H to the Izzo on it. And here's, here's even a crazier story. So I was at the H to the Izzo video shoot. Jay, hold on, hold Jay, on, I'm trying to think, I can't think of the video, hold on. H to the, I can't think of the video, hold on, how was the video? Hold on, I gotta look up the video now. They were in LA, they shot it in LA, and- H to the Izzo. And I, I never it. Biggs, Biggs wanted some weed. You know, Biggs, one of the owners of Rockefeller Records, Biggs, Dame, and Jay, right? Biggs wanted some weed. I was with Be Real from Cypress Hill. And they're like, yo. Oh, I do remember this video. Yo, it's crazy. I don't think I've seen this video in this long. Like, yeah. It was like, yeah, he had the presidential. He started off in like a bodega. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That ain't you with the karate uh, gi on. I'm not, and the I'm, not the <laughs> I'm not in the video, bro. Uh -uh. Uh, but back to what you were saying, brother. Well, back uh, back to what I was saying. So they shot the video. I'm at that video shoot, um, and so after the video, make a long story short, after the video, uh, we go to Jay's room because um, Biggs wanted to smoke. Biggs and hip hop wanted to smoke. So we're in the we're in his room, and a phone rings, and it's Aliyah. Yeah, bro, it's Aliyah, you know, calling Dame. You know, remember Dame and Aliyah were dating right. at that time. Right. So it's Aliyah calling Dame, and I, I'll never forget, like, Dame was in there for like an hour on the phone. Wow. You know what I'm saying? And I remember everybody was like teasing, like, man, this motherfucker in love. He in love. He in love. <laughs> you know what I mean? I remember that. Like, I remember that like it was yesterday. That's so, true, man. So he finally gets out the room. He's like, yeah, that's the one. I'm going to marry her. I'm going to marry her. Bro, no more, no more than no more than two, what, two months later, she passed away, bro, because she filmed that, you know, that Rock the Boat, that Rock the Boat video in the Bahamas. Baby. 
that shit broke my heart. And I actually got to meet uh, Alia. I got to, you know, interview her, got the vibe with her. She's a, she was a great, she was a great person, man. Damn, that's crazy, man. Like we, we witnessed, you know, in our lifetime, man, we witnessed some like colossal passings away, like Aaliyah, Pac, Biggie, you know what I'm saying? Then, you know, Kobe, like, yo, it's, I was explaining to people, man, like, I rem- I mean, I was younger, you know, when Pac and Biggie died, it affected me and Aaliyah, but like, being being at this age that I'm at now with Kobe, and it was just like, man, this just- And with Nipsey too? And Nipsey, yeah, man, like, so yo, yo, speaking of Nipsey, I'm glad you said that, man, because I always wanted to, uh, I wanted to ask you about this too, and I was, we were bringing up your relationships um, your amazing relationships with artists. I know you had a, a great relationship with Nipsey. So I need to know the exact story because I love I love the fact that before he passed away, he was able to get his mother, uh, excuse me, his grandmother on a private jet. Now, I don't know where the trip was going. I don't know what was going on, but I know you were a part of this private jet, this yeah. trip with Nipsey and his grandmother. So what was going on and how were you a part of th- whatever what was going on at the time? So first and foremost, shout out to shout out to Emory Jones, Vegas Jones. He set this all up. And what's popping? Yeah, him and him and Puma, they set it all up. So what it is, what it was was they wanted to give away shoes like Nip, G Easy, Puma. Um, they gave me a budget as well to buy shoes, you know, for the kids for, for some high schools out here. So I was already in LA at the time. And Emory had called me up. He was like, yo, I need you to go to, I need you to, go to Vegas for the day and do this, you know, do this event with Nipsey and G-Eazy for the kids. I was like, man, I'm with it. But it was my brother Gino's birthday, and we had prior engagements in L.A. that night, and I needed to be back in L.A. that night by, like, 8.30 at night. He's like, don't worry, I'll get the plane back there by 8 o'clock. So we did this. We basically went to high school. You know, these kids didn't know Nipsey – and G-Eazy were going to show up. Wow. So basically, I walk in. Um, the basketball team is practicing. Desert Pines High School here in Vegas. Um, they're practicing, you know. And uh, I walk up to them. I introduce myself. And I ask them, y'all listen to hip-hop? They're like, hell yeah. I told them, I got some special guests in the building for y'all. And I didn't even tell them. I just had them walk out, you know. And Nip and G-Eazy walked out. And these kids that were crazy. Happy. They're in high school. Right. So, he, so they know. Oh, shit, it's Nipsey Hustle and G-Eazy. Oh, my goodness. You know, so they're going crazy. And we gave them all shoes. They took pictures, you know, played a couple games with the, uh, a couple of, uh, what, what was it? Horse, you know, a couple horse yeah. games with the, with the, with the, uh, with the students. And, uh, you know, have fun with them. You know, Nip, of course, spoke some words of encouragement. Right. Like he always does. Right. And it was just a great time. We were supposed to go to this other high school, but they had some crazy shit going on at this other high school. Like we were going to, <laughs> we were going to go to one of those high school, Western High School in Vegas. But there was some like, there was some gang shit going on at the high school. So, yo, speaking, you know, of, that, speaking of that trip, uh, correct me if I'm mistaken, but something happened. Did Nipsey end up having to like buy more sneakers or it was. Maybe I'll no, make it. No, no, no. This is what happened. So, so we were supposed to go to that high school, right? And that got canceled out. So, I called one of the city officials here in Vegas. Shout out to Lawrence Weekly. 
um, my good brother right there. He's actually the one that helped him and the mayor help make uh, DJ Franz and Day in Vegas happen. So shout out to congratulations him. to that brother. Man, thank you. Yeah, man, that was man, that was five years ago. That's crazy. But anyways, um, he helped out with the situation. He was like, "Yo, you guys can go to Doolittle. Doolittle is a community center out here in the west uh, in the west part of Las Vegas." So we did that. And Doolittle is more of an after school, you know, after school program. Right. It's more, more younger kids, you know, elementary, middle school. And we bought shoes for high school kids. Oh, okay, right, right. So you had a smaller sizes. Yes, but we got to take care of the staff that was there. We actually right. got to take care of some, you know, some of the kids, that, but we didn't get to take care of everybody. Right. These kids, the majority, like I said, they're in the element. They don't know who Nipsey Hussle is. They don't know right. who G-Eazy is. You know, they definitely didn't know who I was. Actually, a couple of them did because, you know. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say know, they out there. They know who you are. Being from Vegas, like, you right. know, and a couple of their parents were there, too. So, right, you know, right. that was kind of cool. But you could just tell from Nipsey's aura and his energy, these kids are like, wow, you're tall. Wow, I like your braids. Wow, I like your chain. Like, you could just tell yeah. Nipsey had a presence, right? And we didn't have no shoes for these kids. His brother, Black Sam, had a, Black wad, Sam. had a wad of 20s. Nipsey had a wad of 20s. It's like they were ready. They yeah. were ready for the situation. They just started handing out money. That's All the enough. kids. There was, about 200, there was about 200 kids there. <laughs> they gave each kid a 20. And I even, like, backtracked. They gave some of those kids. Some of those kids did a double up too. <laughs> I, I definitely would have if I was a kid. <laughs> oh, some of these kids did a double up, like put on a sweater. Well, like come back with their hat off. Like I was high one night. And I was just watching the footage. I was like, hold up, wait a minute. <laughs> uh, like he looked familiar. He looked familiar. I can't. I can't be mad though. You, right, you can't. Yo, yo. I didn't catch it. <laughs> One thing, one thing I, um, I, had, I had the pleasure of being around Nipsey a couple of times in my life, man. Shout out to my girl, Karen Civil. She was the... Uh, oh, yeah, Karen yeah. is amazing, man. She was one of the first people to put that connection together. It's crazy because I've always been a Nipsey fan and um, love Nipsey, you know what I'm saying, even before I got to meet him. And I remember him mentioning Jonah Berger, that book. Um, he mentioned a book um, in one of his songs, and it was the author was Jonah Berger. So I said, you know, Nipsey's talking about a book. Let me go get the book. And I remember going to get the book. I read the book and we happened to be at South by Southwest and Nipsey happened to be there. And Karen, like I used to travel with the book cause I would read it on a plane. And Karen hit me like, yo, I got this event with Nipsey. We're doing these paying stuff. You know what I'm saying? If you want to meet, meet Nipsey, come on through. So I came through and I just happened to have a book on me. He signed it, we met, we flicked up. I'll never forget. And then, you know, the other What's couple of Yeah, uh, but it's crazy cause I have the, do I have the book on the cover? Well, so Karen, Karen put together a, like a shrine um, of things that Nipsey did for people um, at his at his funeral, and um, you know what I'm saying. I donated I donated my book for the shrine, so I can't remember. It's, do I, I can't remember if I gave her the full book or just the cover. But she had you know what I'm saying. I took it to LA for the funeral, and uh, but no, I, I I still got it. It's still around. Yeah, yeah. No, it was a book. It was a book about basically how how and it, and this makes and it is is like great, especially in this time. It, it was a book about how word of mouth still is 
ultimate as far as like we have all this technology and everything word of mouth still trumps it all and that book is the reason that he made um when he dropped crenshaw that he sold it for remember he was doing it for a hundred dollars it was a yeah it was a hundred dollar mixtape and he was like you know I sold it and you know people that really mess with me they're gonna come and buy it well there was a there was an excerpt in a book about i think it was a guy with a pizza spot or some chicken wings or something like that and basically the promotion behind it was sell this for a hundred dollar slice of pizza or a hundred dollar chicken wings and just just based off of that people are going to be intrigued by what makes this worth a hundred dollars and you know what i need to have it because if it's worth that much i need to have it you know what i'm saying if nobody else can really get it I need yeah. to have it. And that's what he did with Crenshaw. And it's so crazy. Hove even bought one. I remember him mentioning that. That's so, crazy. I love that album, man. That's 2013. Yeah, but no, Nipsey's energy, anytime I've ever been around him, um, I got to actually be around him one last time, man. We were able to book him in Cleveland uh, right before he passed um, last summer. Um, well, what, excuse me, two summers ago, as um, soon as Brian went out to L.A., Nipsey came came to Cleveland for a show, man. We, we kicked it. It was a great night. You know what I'm saying? Exchanged info. I was able to, you know, highlight him. The energy was crazy. And then he actually, I was in. Were you with me? Hold on. Were you in? Were you in London with me? With with the assassination vacation? You were in London, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. We seen Drake do the dedication. Yeah. That was dope. So yeah, yeah. I'm about to say I. We were in London. You might have still been in LA, but I was in London. I think you came the next day. I was in London the night he passed. Oh wow! Yeah, oh, I was yeah that's right. You're yeah. right because listen, he passed March 31st. I came to London April 2nd. Yeah, I was in. I was in. We were in a club, and I remember getting. A, you know, because the the time difference. I remember getting a. a I'm like, nah, there's no way. And then I'm looking. Yeah, because I remember you and Dre Sinatra came out there the next. Well, the next two days. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that was a crazy ass time, man. That was a crazy. I, I'll say this, man. God has God has definitely blessed us all, man. Especially as DJs, man. Uh, um, everything that's going on right now with the pandemic, I can say that you know it's been a blessing, man. You know what I'm saying? To still be able to still do what we're doing and love what we're doing, my brother DJ Franzen. I appreciate this for you, man. We could talk for hours, man, on hours, here. Bro. You know what I'm no, saying? But I, I appreciate you taking the time out of your day, you know what I'm saying, to do this with me, man, for me to spark my podcast back up in no, this I'm, way. How many yeah, of those? How, how I'm, many ready to, I'm ready to get back to Toronto, too, man. Oh, my God. Yo, last time we were in Toronto, I still sometimes just look at those pics. Yo, what is it? What is it about the energy up there, man? It's like they party. You know what it is? They love, they genuinely love music. And they genuinely just love the party, not on no bougie shit. You yeah, know? right. You played, you played in Hollywood clubs. You see how right. it is. You know, everybody's on the phone. You know, you know. Granted, you're gonna have some tables that's really turning up. That right. Have that great energy. Yo, but do you, you do you have you to deal with that? Do you have to deal with that with Dre's? Sometimes you do, but you know, I'm, I'm man, I'm, I'm slick. I slick talk on the mic. Right, 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 right. Would you guys come to Vegas to fucking stand around? You right. guys could have stayed your ass at home. Right, right. You, you guys spending 10 racks on the table? You guys just standing around? Right, like, right, right. You start drinking and start moving. You know what I mean? Right. And, 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 and I get the sense of, man, find out where that table's from so I can shout them out. Right. Let, let them get comfortable. Because I know I'm playing for a different crowd every single every single night out here. Right, 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 so, right. You know, I know how to make people feel welcome. So 
But yeah, you know, you know, I'll say something. Hollywood yeah. too, and I'm DJ LA. I'm like, oh, y'all acting real Hollywood, huh? Right, but right. I see this table over here, they turn. So when I shop that table, they're even fucking turning up more. Now they want more bottles. You know, right, you right. know how this shit is. Right, you know, right. You know it's a competition. It's a competition. Yeah, and they love they love the shout outs. You know that, bro. Right. Love yo, the before we get up out of here, yo, before we get up out of here, do you think we'll ever get back to that? I hope so, man. I definitely miss those days, you know. But it, there's listen, there's plenty of times where I've been turned up on Twitch, bro. Like right, right, right. I tell people, man. I tell people like they they ask me what do I miss most about it. I said, man. It's like, it's honestly, the energy is like the sun. It's like, you know, when you wake up in the morning and it's yeah. raining, you might be down for the whole day. But if you wake up and it's sunny and the sun is beaming through your house, man, you get that energy and you're ready to conquer whatever for the day. I'm like, man, that's how it felt in the club, man. I'm like, that energy is like, you know, regardless of the, regardless of the women, regardless of the liquor, regardless of everything else, it's that music and you just feel that energy and then like we're controlling the crowd and yeah. to be able to see that we're making people's lives amazing and having her celebrate her birthday she's going crazy she's yeah. celebrating with us he's celebrating with us man that energy man i miss that i miss that too and you know what you that's a great point because there's been times where you know i've been burnt out and tired but as soon as i you know get behind that dj booth it just something just yeah soon as I start playing records and as soon as I get on that mic yeah. and I hear the crowd react, that shit, like, like you said, that's like a ray of sun. Yeah. You know that? That's like boosting up your energy. Like, okay, I'm ready to go because they're ready to rock with me. You know, these people are actually ready to rock with me. And my favorite times rocking at Dre's is, you know, when there's no artists because the people don't have nothing to look forward to, you know? They right, just, right. They come in at a party and they know they're at a party music all night long and, and that's the crazy thing a lot of people have to understand when they come back to vegas don't expect to see all these upper tier edm djs right. such as calvin harris and tiesto play at your favorite you know edm clubs and don't expect you know you know some of these artists to be performing at some of these clubs you know that have right. residencies because a lot of these clubs lost out on a lot of money they don't have the budget to do it right. So DJs are now very, very essential when these when these clubs come back. The DJs are now the real, the real you know superstar that really got a hold the whole night. You know they have no host or no unless the artists just want to come on a strength. Right. Cool, right. cool. And that's what's that's what's going to show the true colors of you know who really supports the DJs, right? Right. Now seriously, word as opposed to who doing it just for the bag. And, that, and that's going to show. You know, okay, damn, Franny's DJing tonight. I ain't got shit going on. You know, they ain't paying me to fucking perform tonight, but you know, I want to catch a vibe. I'm in Vegas anyway. You know, why not? So, you know, it's just the dynamic of it is definitely going to change. So don't expect, you know, the performers that you were used to seeing in Vegas, unless it's Usher at Caesars next July. <laughs> <laughs> in stone and the after party uh the after parties for that will definitely be at dre's because you know cromwell which dre's is inside of is a caesar's property so oh it is okay yeah we're already working some shit out of that but i'm excited for uh for this usher residency though beyonce's up next though that's gonna be crazy so they got i mean snoop is snoop still got his residency out there at dre's yeah but you know like i said man when we get back yeah it's gonna be different yeah because i know i know fab 
I would be like, man, Fab out there every week. But then I, I, I would also, I, I would forget that every night in Vegas is a new crowd. It's not Cleveland. I love my city, but it's, it's, every night is a new crowd out there for you. Like you might see some, some familiar faces, but for the most part, everybody new for you every night. There's going to be the people that's loyal to Dre's and to, to myself and to the music that are not going to want to go to, you know, another nightclub. Here's a prime example, Steph. I remember one time Drake was performing, New, this is New Year's Eve, Drake was performing at Hakkasan. Mm-hmm. And one of my boys wanted the table, so I set him up. Spent 50 grand on the table. Don't tell me he came to, don't tell me he came to Dre's. No. Oh. <laughs> he thought he was going to hear, you know, hip hop all night. Ah. Uh. Yo, <laughs> he gets in the club at eleven thirty. Drake doesn't even go on to like two forty-five. He's listening. Put your hands up! Yo, he's like, bro, all they're playing is EDM, and it's not even friendly EDM, bro. <laughs> so he didn't talk to me because I'm working at Drake. He told Gino that. Yeah. And, and we warned him, we're like, look, if you go over there, be prepared. Like, yeah, they'll play hip hop once Drake walks in the room. Right, yeah. Once, once, once they know he's on his way, they're gonna set the mood up. Right. You know? So, you know, that's what happens. Now, when you come to Dre's, you know you're gonna get it. Like, you're not gonna get no crazy ass EDM remixes and none of that, you know what I mean? So, I can't wait till we get back, man. And no, when we do get back, I've already, you know, I've already told him, man, I want to bring some of my DJ friends out here. So get ready to do a set at Dre's, man, when this shit, when this shit opens back up. Yo, for sure, man. One of the last parties we did, man, was Toronto together, man. We got to take that on the road next oh, year. Or when, whenever we get back, man, we got to do a oh. seven, a seven ten city tour. Dre yeah, Jay Sinatra. Shout out to my brother, oh. Jay Sinatra. We make sure he can hit up some of those MLB baseball parks. In those different cities that we touch. You know he loved MLB baseball parks, man. Yeah, I know, man. Yo, no. man. That's a, you know, Toronto, like you were saying, it, the difference about um, Toronto, too, is the culture. Yeah. They love, like I said, they love, they love music. And no matter what music, it could be reggae, hip-hop, R&B, soca, whatever it is, you know, whatever culture music they're, they're listening to. They love it genuinely. Wagwan, Wagwan. Woyoy, for real. Woyoy, Woyoy. Shout out to everybody in Scarborough. You know, shout out to Chubbs, Nico, the whole, the whole family out there, the whole OBO family, man. And look, yo, wait. What? You, you, did you come to OBO Fest last year? Yeah, I was there. Why don't let? We, 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 that's what we did. Yeah, yeah, I came. House, right? Hold it, yeah, is that when, that's when, that's when Chris Brown. Oh, the house. house. Yeah, with his house, yeah. And his living room, because the club yeah, was oh, Yeah, that was crazy, yeah. Yo, that, that spot is crazy, man. I love Toronto, man. That's one thing, I'll tell you this. That's Yo, you know what? My first time in Toronto, I remember, I think you and LeBron were doing like a rooftop party. At, Top, probably at like the Thompson or something like that. At the Thompson, that's not, that. I, and I came with Drake. I never forgot I came with Drake, so. We came like the underground way and we had to, this is like, I think two, my first time in Toronto was 2011. This was like 2012, 2013. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. And, uh, oh man, you gonna be, you gonna have me reminiscing all day, man. Yo, that was, that was a good time, man. That was really, and you know, Toronto in August, man, it, it, uh, the, weather, the weather is amazing. 
It's crazy. Oh, it's perfect. Everything about Toronto in August is perfect. The teams too. The teams. Oh my God! That being said, yo, Freddie, we gotta go. <laughs> my brother, <laughs> my brother, I love you, yo. Make sure y'all. What is it? DJ Friends with on, on Twitch, Twitch.tv forward slash DJ Friends and. Yes. Hey, we're gonna set you up too, uh, Steph. You know what I mean? We're gonna have uh, we're gonna have you uh, rated. You know, okay. like multiple DJs. We just got to set up a time and everything. And I want you to become a uh, part of this. We're going to do a marathon here pretty soon. Our okay. We're doing our 24 hours of R&B music. So. Uh, okay. We'll I ain't got 24 hours for you, but. Uh, no, no, no. I'm saying oh, you can do an hour, two yeah, hours. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yo, what's about, before, yo, what, what's again before we go? Sour Milk. I sat up and watched Sour Milk do 24 hours, though. It was oh, crazy. On Instagram, Live. on Instagram Live. It was crazy. Shout out to DJ Sour Milk. And you know what? That's the difference, though, between Instagram Live and Twitch. On Twitch, you could go for 24 hours straight without hey. Right, right, right. You could fall asleep, wake up, still be on there. People just watching you sleep, wake up, have your breakfast, get back and, to DJ. And it's happened to some DJs before. I heard I heard a couple of DJs are blacked out, like, blacked <laughs> out, like, not even sign off. People are looking at him like trying to help him out. Like, hey, wake up, turn your shit off. Wake up. Yo, people like for real, like Twitch is a real club. People don't even understand. Like, like I'll be on Zoom or, or Discord with some of the, you know, some of the family members and motherfuckers just falling asleep in there because they took too many shots. That's crazy. And waking up like, waking up like, oh shit, y'all was watching me sleeping? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, my brother, all right, I'm gone, man. I appreciate this, man. I appreciate you, man. I love you, brother. So you you do what you do, what you got going on tonight. Well, give give us your schedule before you go. Um, well, I'm about to do a little pop-up, actually, because it's Snoop's birthday. So I'm going to do a little Snoop Dogg, you know, a little Snoop Dogg pop-up for his birthday. Okay. I got some footage. I got a lot of footage with me and Snoop, so I'm going to run some of that footage. Right. And that's the cool thing about Twitch, too. You can run footage, you know, you all types of different backgrounds. Yeah, you got to teach me all that. So you work, well, we'll talk about it. I'm about to say, we'll talk about that off of camera, but I need to know all of that. Because I'm Whatever trying to get that off. That whole thing to know, bro, you know, I share my information, man. That's, that's why I'm here, you know what I mean? So we can, so we can pass this on down to the next generation. You know my what brother. Man. My brother, that's love. All right, I'm gone, bro. Fleazy. All right, I'll holler at you later, brother. Appreciate you. All right, all right Floss. All right, peace. All right, brother. Peace.